Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. And today, I want to talk to you about something that's come up in my brain a few few times last couple of weeks. And uh, what I call it is exquisite self-care. When we think about the term or we talk about the term self-care, a lot of the things we think about are like spa days, mani-pedis, massage, night out with the girlfriends, or even carving out time for yourself to go to the gym, to read, to pursue a hobby, or to just relax. And I don't want to get, I, I don't want you to get me wrong. All of those things are super important and are super, you should feel that you are able to take the time and the and the resources to do those of those things that you possibly can. I love all of those things. Night, night out with girlfriends, um, time for myself, all of those things are important. And even if you have a family that you're caring for, all of those things are important. But even more important than some of those things are the things that I'm going to talk about in this episode. When you begin to cross the borderlands that are menopause and perimenopause and beyond, there's more to it than that. And this is what I'd like to call exquisite self-care. So let me tell you where some of this began. Recently, I attended two retreats on back-to-back weekends. Now, that takes a chunk of time out of your your life. And not all of that could be considered, quote, self-care. There was definitely some time and some uh, wonderful, wonderful things that happened during them, but they weren't just self-care. They were very different. One focused on business and the other one, focused on physical fitness, athletic performance. It was more a weekend of physical training, but both reached deep down into what I think of as exquisite self-care. And that's because both of them went deeper than just the topic that it was purported to be about. In the first, we were challenged to not just think business tactics, about ourselves, who we were being in our businesses, and the stories that we had been telling ourselves our whole lives that made it difficult to be the person we wanted to be in our business. 
we had to think about whether or not we believed we were good enough to be the person who ran our business. And we had to think about what we wanted, what we desired, what we really and truly wanted to get out of our lives, and why we sometimes stopped ourselves from having it, about why we wouldn't change, even though we professed that we wanted to. Some of it was incredibly comfortable, uncomfortable to me, and probably all of it was uncomfortable for someone in the room, or more than one thing. But I'm pretty sure that no one walked away from that room without new insights into who they were and who they wanted to be and how they could get there. So that was the self-care portions of of the weekend. The second seemed to be really about self-care on a, from an exercise perspective and but it also went far beyond just the obvious. It was encouraging it was encouraging us as attendees to think about mindfulness, about meditation, about recovery and yes, recovery included an ice bath which was a challenging experience. About journaling, about nutrition, about spending time in nature as integral parts of our self-care routine. And it even included the option for massages and facials, which I definitely took advantage of. So there was there was the self-care beyond the normal thinking of what self-care is. And in today's episode, I want to take this a, a step further. So if spa treatment and exercise and nutrition and allowing ourselves to own our own desires isn't exquisite self-care, then what is? First of all, those are all parts of exquisite self-care. But here's my list, and this is specific to menopause, to the journey that we are on as menopausal women. And here's my list. The first piece is to know yourself. The second piece is to respect yourself. The third piece is to support yourself. And the fourth piece is to honor yourself. So let's go into a little bit about those and what they mean. Know yourself. If you've been around my world for very long, you know that I talk about menopause as a change in who we are at our essential core. Menopause allows us to move away from the person who had to be all things to all people, from the person who perhaps was over-involved in people-pleasing, or maybe just that was the way that you got through your days and through your life. From the person who put everything and everyone in the center of their own life, except themselves. So the first piece of exquisite self-care is to allow yourself to be taken from the outskirts of your life which may have been the way you got through your life as a mother and a a career woman and all of those other things and put yourself into the center of your circle. What does that mean? Does that mean you have to kick everybody else out? Does that mean you're going to be completely selfish? Does that mean that you are going to put your needs ahead of everybody else's every time? No, not in the least. But what it 
does allow you to do is to look at your own needs, your own wants, and your own desires in the same priority level as the, those of everybody else around you who may be expecting you to put their needs first. So what we are about is this ability to prioritize ourselves. And in order to do that, you have to know you. You have to know what you want. You have to know what you'd like to get out of the rest of your life. Talk about this a lot. The normal, typical, average age of menopause is a little over 51 years. It was 51 years before, 51 years, three months before the pandemic. I haven't seen how the pandemic might have changed that. Um, so 51 years and three months. The average lifespan of a person, of a woman at 51 years is 81 years and a little little something. Again, who knows what's happened in the last three years. However, it's roughly 30 years. 30 years of lifetime is the same amount of time as putting you back age 20 just coming out of college, if you went to college, maybe just getting married, maybe just starting out in a career. And everything you've experienced up till this time is basically, or even into your early 40s, is one set of things. And now with this second part of your adult, you have the opportunity for a whole new set of passion, purpose, and priorities but you have to know what they are. It's one thing I do with my clients. We we do vision boards or vision process in which we look really carefully at what we want many areas of our lives to look like as we come through this time of our life and go forward into this second phase of our lives where we all are allowed to bring in our own purpose and passion. So knowing what your purpose, what your passion is, and it takes time. It doesn't, it doesn't come overnight. It's about saying, what do I want from, do I want to be? What do I want to accomplish? What change do I want to make in the world, in my family, in my community? at my job, in creating a new and unique passion, know yourself. So the first point of self, exquisite self-care is to take the time to get to know yourself. The second point is to respect yourself. And this is about a little word, big word, called boundaries. And for most of us coming up to menopause or perimenopause, we haven't put a lot of boundaries in place. We say yes and we say no based on other people's needs. Remember, I said we put everybody else in that circle in the middle of our lives. So we don't set boundaries based on our own wants, needs, passion, purpose, priorities. We set them sometimes based on 
those other people's needs. And in fact, very often those boundaries are what's keeping ourselves on the outskirts of our lives. So we say no to ourselves in order to say yes to people in in that inner circle, people, things, whatever we place in the center of our lives. So boundaries are about being able to say no to the things that don't move us forward in our own priorities. Now, sometimes that means that we're saying yes to something we don't want to do. I'm not going to say that we don't. Sometimes we say yes to something we don't want to do because it lights up somebody else in our lives and we want to give them that gift. And so the priority is to give that gift to someone who important to us for what, for whatever reason. And therefore, it's okay. It's okay to say yes. To that. But other times we need to say no. We need to say, I need that space, time, that money, that resource. I need that for myself. I need to feel that I can make the choice for myself. And that's what respecting yourself is all about. Boundaries. They take time to build, but it also takes deciding before you get there what your boundaries are going to be. Because if somebody catches you in the moment, you may be answering out of habit. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I'll take on the chairmanship of that committee. Oh, sure. You can borrow my best sweater. I just bought it, but it's okay. You can wear it for your party or whatever. Sure, honey. I'll do the dishes tonight, even though I've been working all day, just like you have. Saying yes when we want to say no is sometimes something that we have to get used to doing and prepare to do. And that's what allows you to make the changes in your life, setting those boundaries, knowing what the, what the changes that you want to make in your life. That's what allows you to start opening up the space to make them happen. Exquisite self-care requires the boundaries to make your life what you want. The third area of exquisite self-care is more like more like the the typical self-care that, that we see. And that's support yourself. And sometimes supporting yourself means I need to take the time to get some sleep. I need the time to exercise. I need the space to eat the way that I need to eat to make myself feel great. I need to de-stress. I just need time for a hobby. I need time to follow those passions, to put in place that purpose that I have decided I want to do. So supporting yourself is really investing in yourself. And sometimes that's investing in the support you need. So for instance, recently, I have found that I need to be in the gym three times a week. I need to be doing my cardio work outside of the gym, but I needed somebody else to direct that for me. I, I'm going to admit it. I'm a personal trainer who can't run my own program because I can wimp out on myself. But I promise you, I don't wimp out on my small group trainers who I walk into the, the gym 
and they start me up and they follow through with what I need to do. Now I can take ownership of what I need to do. I can tell them I need abs. I need weights. I need more cardio. I can tell them that I need more stretching. I always need more stretching, but then they run the program for me. And so I've invested in my own support. And that's what my clients do. They invest in getting the support they need to build the program that is exquisite self-care for themselves. The final piece I want to talk about is honoring yourself. And when I say that, that means that that piece where you put yourself in the center and decide that that's not selfish, that that is that you are as important and your passion and your purpose in the rest of your life is as important as anyone else that you know in your world. Sorry, people, but yes, my passion, my purpose is important to me. And it's not selfish to follow this. I'm going to risk offending some some of you at this point by saying a while back, I was involved in a Bible study group. And in that group, which was largely postmenopausal women, there was a trope. Let's use the word trope. There was a saying, a trope, that your life was supposed to be about Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. And I want to say that unless you have time to put yourself in the center of your life, whether you put Jesus whether you put others, whether you put Allah or Krishna or whatever it is, the universe in that center with you, unless you have time, unless you give yourself the time to see who you are, to set the boundaries around moving forward with the passion, unless you invest and support yourself, you're going to be less than you can be. And I want to invite you to honor yourself by putting yourself in the center of your life at this time. That's what exquisite self-care means to me. I'd love to know what you think exquisite self-care is. And you can do that by leaving a comment or a review on this podcast. You can email me at John which is J-E-A-N-N-E, for those of you who don't live in Cajun country, at menopause.guru. Or you can set up a time to speak with me, and there'll be a link in the show notes to set up that time to connect with me and tell me what you think exquisite self-care. And if you think I'm wrong about any of these things, because I'd love to know your opinion. I'd love to know how you feel about it. I'm John Andrus. In a moment, I'm going to come back and tell you what's making me smile today. And I'll give you one more tip for living your best life in menopause. Are you running on empty? Do you wake up in the morning feeling like you're done for the day before you even get out of bed? Menopause can do that to you. The changes in menopause echo throughout your body, causing symptoms like depression, anger, GERD, weight gain, insomnia, and fatigue. The symptoms can last for decades. 
I've helped hundreds of women get better sleep, wake up full of energy that lasts the whole day, and ditch all the other symptoms that were dragging them down. I'd like to offer you a free consultation with me to find out how you can take control of your menopause journey and feel better now. You can schedule your time to talk at menopause.guru slash consult. And I'm back with three things making me smile today. And the first thing that's making me smile is stretching. Last night I went to the gym. The trainer said, here, do this stretch. I've done this stretch practically every time I go to the go to the gym because it's a pretty standard stretch out your low back. And my low back has been giving me hell. I'm admitting low back has been giving me hell and I haven't figured out what to do about it. And all of a sudden the stretch felt amazing. And it, it was like, oh, that's getting exactly what I need to get. And I held it, I did a extended static stretch on it for about two minutes. And I came up and rolled, rolled the ball back out again. And my back wasn't hurting anymore. And I got up this morning and I'm moving much more freely and I can't wait to go back to the gym to do that stretch again, to hold it and hopefully continue to get this monster of a hold muscle or whatever it is out of my life. So I'm smiling about stretching. I'm smiling about trivia night. Um, last night, my husband and I went out for Valentine's Day. And we went to trivia night and uh, we just had a ball and we didn't do too well because our normal, um, our, our people who know movies and pop music weren't there, but it's just way too much fun to spend time with him and time in a, just in, in fun. So I encourage you, if you have a, special person in your life, take the time to go have fun with them. It'll make you smile too. And let's see, the last thing I want to smile, I'm smiling about is connection. And recently I made some really nice connections with some people in my life. And I want to invite you to be one of those people I'm connecting with. Connection link is in the show notes this week. It's a 30-minute connection just to find out who you are and what you what's important to you at this time of your life. I'm it's just just let's get to know one another. I'd love to meet you. And finally, let's see, finally, what am I smiling about today? Uh, uh oh, that was three. Stretching, trivia, connection. Yes. One last tip, and I teach this one over and over, but 444 breathing. So in 444 breathing, you're going to inhale for four, you're going to hold it for four, and you're going to exhale for four. This can be at your own pace. And when you first, you want all of those counts to be equal. But when you first do it, if, you, if you're breathing hard or you're breathing shallowly, 
that deep breath is going to feel a little weird. It's not going to be, you're not going to be able to hold it as long. So take the count to what makes sense for you. So sometimes you can go one, two, three, four, inhale, hold one, two, three, got to start exhaling one, two, three. And the next time you can make it a little longer, slow down that count of the three. And then finally you'll get to this four, four, four breathing. Now, what is it good for? It's a wonderful reduction for anxiety. Um, it's wonderful for depression. It's wonderful to get prepared and to relax after workouts. And it's marvelous for going to sleep. I used to use this one all the time. I've actually, I'm going to tell you about another technique in a couple of weeks, but I've used this one in particular for a, for a long time for going to sleep and to getting back to sleep. In the morning. So here's to good sleep. And if you're having trouble sleeping, again, there's information in the show notes to get my best, uh, get better sleep tonight. Give away. It's free to you. All you have to do is sign up and I'll send it right to you. I'm Sean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Think about practicing some exquisite self-care. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you.